Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. It is not for the faint of heart. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, hello everyone. Hi everybody. How are you doing? You can't answer me. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> I'm your we're host. Back. Oh yeah, we're back. I'm your host Kayla. And I'm your co-host Kristen. And we're really excited to be here. We went through a lot of shit to get here because it took us forever. All these different softwares that I'm trying to master and then figure out that I hate to record for you guys is just stressing me out. But we're going to keep trying until it's something that's perfect and just clicks and it's simple, easy to go. If you have any ideas, let me know. <laughs> but yeah. Preferably free trials um, because <laughs> Kayla's cheap. And she doesn't want to pay for anything right now. So they have free trials. We get to see if they're worth actually putting money down. The chat of change. Correct. So let us know, guys, because this Mm -hmm. really is a big thing for Kayla. Like she spends a lot of time trying to find software just so we can record. Mm -hmm. The easiest way, because now we're trying to incorporate drum roll video guys video and if everything works i know i said this last episode if everything works this will be available on patreon this episode right here that you're listening to right now so i'm really excited this is the first time you guys will actually be seeing Kristen, which is pretty wild she's procrastinating on making like her intro video so i can post that but you know I completely forgot. I'm not going to come for him. Um, I just need (laughs) time because like Kayla was going through some things in her life. Now it's my turn to go through a transition. So give me at least two weeks and I got you on an intro video. Why are you screaming? So much. Because I screamed because that's a long time. When I heard two weeks, I'm like, that's literally two years. You might have said, you might as well have said two years. Oh my God. Well, hopefully our, um, I was going to say clients, bitch. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> the people who love us aren't as impatient as you. Yeah. <laughs> they obviously haven't been. Although they did come for me because I didn't <laughs> post, you know, a new episode <laughs> for like six weeks. But they came for you in the nicest way. They it really was did. really cute and endearing. It really was. Yeah. I love them. I love you guys. I love you guys. Okay. Some of you complain that we talked too much in the beginning. Okay, so <laughs> let's, let's get Which started. Which I know you see that 10 second fast forward, so. <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah, Kristen, <laughs> I was about to say, let them know, because sometimes I'll be being too nice. Okay, so let's get started. The UK was shocked to its core when an 18-year-old girl was found half-naked and brutally murdered in the summer of 1992. Her injuries were so severe, police immediately thought she had to have been killed by a man in his at least 30s. They couldn't have been more wrong. Join us as we discuss the cold-hearted, cringeworthy crimes of the UK's youngest convicted murderer, a.k.a. the devil's daughter, Sharon Carr. Not the devil's daughter. (laughs) The devil's daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This case was don't, really don't, fun. Don't. <laughs> this case was really fun to research, so I'm excited. Sharon Carr was born in Belize in 1979 and was brought up by her mother Maria and her father for a short period of time before they split up. She apparently had four other siblings, but they didn't come up at all in my research. Like I kind of had to dig to find that out, and I don't know how they're doing today, so don't ask me. They lived in a very poor area in Belize, and Sharon's father was a violent drunk for most of her 
little life. And her mom had an explosive temper and was extremely cold and callous. One time she was angry with Sharon for something and decided to just pour pepper on her vagina. Hmm? Yeah, I know. That kind of like went really left really quick. Why would she do that? Uh, Why would she go for her her private parts? I don't know. She just seems like a very evil woman. Like doing that to your girl child. And I have my suspicions, but we'll kind of get to that later. Her mother and father split up, like I said, and Sharon's mother met an Englishman named George Carr, who was a member of the Royal Army Medical Corps. And they soon relocated to England to a neighborhood in Camberley, Surrey. I don't know anything about I'm assuming that in England or like in the UK, it's kind of just the same thing. Like we have states here. So it's like the city is Camberley and the state would be Surrey. But I don't know. It's like a it's a province. I don't know if they call them states, but I know Mm -hmm. it's like a provincial area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So initially when they moved there, things were going pretty well. She was living in a better area than she did in Belize and she had access to better things like a better school. And at the school, she was super, super bright. And she, I guess they use the word charis. She was charismatic, which is pretty cool. And she even joined the basketball team. So she was thriving, but this did not last. She started becoming aggressive in class and attention seeking and just hella problematic. A psychiatrist later hypothesized that the move to England, although it may have been a better situation for her, created resentment in Sharon at such a young age. It made her feel inferior to others because she'd come from essentially nothing, whereas the people in new, the new area seemed to be living without much struggle. So basically, I guess it was just making her feel bad <laughs> because she came from nothing. And But I'm like, I would feel pride in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I struggle. But I'm here now. Yeah, but when you're a child, you don't think of it like that. No, no, you don't. You're a kid. You know, it's just one more reason to be an outsider. And hate to be mad at the world, you know? Yeah. And aggressive, like she had started to be. Sharon soon started smoking weed at 11 years old. That's pretty damn early. (laughs) And according to a British researcher, using cannabis at such a young age can make a child more likely to develop a psychosis or schizophrenia later in life. Which is like, wow. We started at what? 16? 15? I was 15. Yeah. Hmm. They also said that the early drug use can be a sign of Sharon trying to gain some sense of control in her life. And and I saw in multiple places that she was using drugs. And usually you don't say someone's using drugs unless they're using multiple drugs. So I'm assuming that she was using multiple drugs. And I just don't know what the other ones were. At such a young age, too, it's like, damn, she was out here. Because of her mother's volatility and abusive behavior, Sharon's stepfather decided that he was done with the relationship and was desperate to get out of it. And when he went to tell Sharon's mother, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when George went to go tell Sharon's mother, Maria, she did something wild. In a 1997 interview, he said, quote, the second I was inside the house, Molly came up with his with this pot in her hand and poured boiling fat over me. It went over my head, my arms and my chest. And Sharon said nothing. She did nothing. But Sharon was always listening, watching and witnessing violence. He said mm. she he said she actually looked calm. As she was watching the whole thing go down, because she saw the whole thing and she didn't mm-hmm. bat an eye. And she was only eight at the time. Eight years old. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. So I'm like, could you even imagine how much violence she had to have witnessed to get so desensitized by this point? It's wild. At the age of eight years old, she's just watching this man get burnt alive and has no reaction. That is frightening. In 1987, Maria was given a suspended prison sentence for the attack on George in order to undergo three years psychiatric treatment. You think? <laughs> I 
think she got off. Like that was. I a t- think she did too. That was attempted murder, if I do say yeah. so myself. Absolutely. That's going to cause him emotional, physical, psychological scars up the wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. Problems. So. (laughs) (laughs) Problems. Period. (laughs) So on top of her being low key evil already, Maria was into voodoo as well. Oh, no. Oh, shit. I don't play. (laughs) Do I need to say a prayer before we continue? No, it's okay. Nothing too crazy. I don't say anything too, you know, distracting from the story about voodoo. Because voodoo, I mean, it's so, it's so scary and so interesting. Like you want to look at it and figure out what it is. But then you're just like, no, I don't want to even fuck with that shit. I feel like voodoo is so taboo. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like people like will say it and think it's cute Mm -hmm. and like, you know, but mm-hmm. I think there's some real seriousness that lies within voodoo. I mean, even when you watch Princess and the Frog, like, oh, yeah. if that movie didn't teach you not to play with those type of things, I don't know what will. Yep. So, yeah, don't but play yeah. with, don't play with the dark magics, you guys. Okay. <laughs> Unless you know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> and even if you do, <laughs> stay from around me. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to even like dibble or dabble. I don't want to be in the position to ever piss you off and then end up through the lies of the Jedi. (laughs) I do not see the dark side as you. I I do. Do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So naturally, with Sharon being Maria's daughter, Sharon or Maria's beliefs were put on to Sharon. And Sharon would watch her mother sacrifice animals during sacred rituals and believe that the power connected to the rituals and voodoo could really improve her life and give her power over people. So this is what, you know, Sharon thinks that before 10 years old, she's like, oh, this shit's popping. I want a taste of this. So Sharon would start mutilating animals herself. And animals around the neighborhood started going missing. She decapitated a neighbor's dog with a spade, which is just like a shorter shovel. And there was also a suggestion from a friend that she had fried live hamsters. Yes. Come on. This is not my type of chick. At all. Don't play with the innocence. Mm -mm. And I read somewhere else that it was a cat that she may have decapitated but she probably did both honestly it was probably her thing so red flag number what like 11 it's just bad and then people around her started really becoming scared of her like the people in her neighborhood they would tell other people like don't go near her people at her school she was 11 she was 11 years old with a reputation with a reputation Kristen thank you she was also obsessed with Scarface and even called herself Scar, like with two R's. So I'm like, yeah, she she's homicidal. And it's making sense. <laughs> she's ho- definitely homicidal. After the split up or after her mom and George split up, she was like briefly put into the foster system because, you know, her mom was in trouble with the law. She was probably in jail for a while or whatever. But after a little bit of time, she returned to live with her mother. Mm -hmm. And so at this point in time, she is 12 years old at the time of whatever is about to happen happens. So this year, you guys, my main focus has been trying to weed out as much toxicity in my life as possible. Whether it be the people I associate with, the type of food I'm eating, or even the type of chemicals I'm exposing my body to on a daily basis. And let me tell you how happy I was when I found Black & Green. Black & Green is a Black-owned company that aims to provide toxic-free, high-quality natural products to use on our skin, our hair, in our homes, and even the air we breathe. From body butters to menstrual care, from postpartum baby and mommy care to natural air sprays for every room in our homes, Black and Green have a product for it. They have so many products, I can't honestly even tell you all of them. 
They have multivitamins, tea, laundry necessities, and even stuff for your pets. It's just an overload of incredible products. So I really think you guys should check them out. And if you use our link, you'll get 10% off your order. To access our link, just check the episode description below or check our social medias on our link tree and you can access it there as well. And as soon as our new website is ready, you'll be able to access it there too. So shop at Black and Green so you can buy black and live green without compromise. Now back to the episode. 18-year-old Katie Ratcliffe was from Horley, Surrey, and she was a hairdresser in training at the time of, I'm just going to say it, her death. She was yeah. she was considered to be a normal, jolly girl who had a bunch of friends and was full of life and loving it, honey. She was living it to the fullest, had her a man, was, you know, hanging out with her girls. It just seemed like she was probably confident, too. So it's just everything an 18-year-old really should be. She was from a close-knit family, too. Her family said that Katie was very, very trusting. She would also often tell her parents, Helen and Joseph, that they should worry less, like they worried way too much. And she also had an older sister named Joanne. I love that. I always love that name, Joanne. Say it again. Oh, Joanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. On June 7th, 1992, Katie and her friend went out to a nightclub called Ragamuffins. Sounds like my type of place. She planned on having a good time with her friend to get her mind off the argument she had with her boyfriend earlier. They had like recently broken up as well. So it was just she needed a girl's night. When Katie was at the club, she ran into her old boyfriend, 24 year old Metin Mustafa. And at the end of the night, she apparently professed her love for him. And she said she wanted to work things out. And she asked him to take her home. He told her he'd moved on and was seeing another girl. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Yeah. And decided not to take her home. The decision he has said he regrets to this day. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean but he was trying to be loyal to who he currently has. Correct. But I'm wondering. nice and just took her home. I'm wondering if this is the guy that she was just dating and went out to get over. Or if this is like an older ex. You know what I'm saying? And if it's an older ex and she's 18 and he's 24, okay, you like him older? I ain't mad because I do too, but hold on. <laughs> so you're all. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I don't know if it would be the same person that she literally is with because how did he get a woman that fast? Well, that's what I, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if that was the case, if you got a new bitch that, that quick, not calling her a bitch, but like, you know what I mean? Um, then something's off and he should feel guilty. Yeah. So because she couldn't get a ride, Katie began walking down the street and she was later picked up in a car that proceeded to head toward an area called Fawnborough. I wish I had an English accent. So cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where her friend had gone because remember she went to the club with her friend. I don't know if her friend found their, their own way home or whatever, but they weren't with her at the time that she got into the car. So from the time Katie got picked up, which was 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., there's like a huge gap. We don't know what happened. But at 7 a.m., Katie's body was found three miles into Farnborough and it was brutalized. Police initially believed that a male was responsible for the crime as the body was left almost naked with multiple stab wounds to the breast, vagina and anus. Oh. Yeah, leading them to, yeah, yeah, which led them to also speculate that she possibly could have been raped. Yeah. Um, but all in all, Katie was stabbed 30 times. I saw 29 somewhere. I saw, I saw 32 somewhere. So around 30 times with a six inch blade. RIP Katie. Yep. They said some of the knife blows that Katie suffered in the attack had gone straight through her body and out on the other side. I mean, that sounds difficult to do. Yeah, that sounds like it takes a lot of force. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like we said, her, you know, sexual organs were just mutilated and her clothes were pulled up. But when they 
autopsied her, they didn't see any sign of like actual sexual assault, like from, you know, penetration from a sexual organ. She was then dragged to a different location where her body was later found. So she was attacked in one spot, found in another. Yeah. Police were like, okay, this is going to be not an easy crime to solve, but it's an easy suspect to profile because he's has to be a guy easy white guy because katie's more likely to trust a white guy and you know let her guard down with them um probably in his 30s because you have to be probably at your tip-top shape of physical agileness and strength to stab her that hard that many times and drag her body so yeah but wrong <laughs> but they were definitely definitely wrong and because of this one track minded type of investigation technique that we are so familiar with katie's case went cold two years later on june 7th 1994 two years to the day of katie's murder 14-year-old Sharon was attending a school called Collingwood College Comprehensive in Camberley, Surrey. And on this day, she asked a 13-year-old classmate named Anne Marie Clifford to help her find a pound coin that she lost in the bathroom. So they have like coins there that is a full pound. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they have like dimes and nickels type of exchange. I've never left the country. I was about to say, anybody from the UK that listens to us, please let us know. Yes. I have never left the country. <laughs> We've never left the country other than a cruise to the Bahamas. Right. Sharon had already had a scary reputation at the school, like we talked about earlier, because everyone was afraid of this child. And Anne Marie was like, I'm not about to tell her no. So she decided to go in the bathroom with her. She was then stabbed in the lung with the four inch blade that Sharon had brought with her. Fortunately, at the time, five girls were walking into the bathroom while Sharon was attacking Anne-Marie and Sharon was interrupted and that saved Anne-Marie's life. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have whooped Sharon's behind in that bathroom. We would <laughs> all had to jump her real quick. I agree. I would have kicked her dead in the face. <laughs> <laughs> In a 1997 interview, Anne-Marie said that she was bending down and when she looked up, she saw Sharon holding the knife, kind of like juggling it back and forth in her hand, smiling. And then she just attacked her. Sharon was charged with two counts of actual bodily harm. And I'm assuming she pled not guilty because she went to trial. And while she was awaiting trial, Sharon was sent to an assessment center where she tried to strangle two nurses. Mm, mm, mm. she doesn't give a fuck Kristen like she just she doesn't care who she hurts she's just going to hurt absolutely absolutely Sharon Carr was found guilty of both counts and was sentenced to two years at Bullwood Hall Young Offenders Institute in Essex in January 1996 staff at the institution alerted police after Sharon began talking about the killing of Katie Ratcliffe on the telephone to her friends and family while she's in the clink while she's locked down she was even bragging to staff members oh yeah oh yeah she had a crush I know her mind ain't right yeah she's <laughs> she's not all the way there which we know she's a 14 15 year old child she's not all the way right and she had a, like a crush on one of the prison officers and she was telling that person who she killed. And then she also told a probation officer who she killed. So, yeah, it was a big thing. Everybody clearly knew about it. And with this information presented, they had an obligation to tell the police. So they told the police and the police were able to search her home where she lived with her mom and they found her diary and that's mm -hmm. the letters that you saw in the file and it's just her writing a bunch of terrible things that oh, i'm gonna oh, say <laughs> that i'm gonna read for you in a little bit we'll get there okay. detectives then seized her most recent writings and drawings that she did while in prison and questioned her for 27 hours mm -hmm. wow yeah during that time, Sharon gave them three different accounts of how Katie had been killed. 
But in every single account, she admits that she was the one that stabbed and killed Katie. She said she happened upon Katie leaving the club around 2 a.m. Because Sharon was probably attending the same club. That's what I think. I think she was probably attending the same club. And actually at 14. So the reason why I think she was at the same club is because it was known around town that homegirl, what's her name? Sharon. Yeah. Sharon would go to the club ragamuffins and be up in there doing whatever the hell she wants late as hell at the age of 12. Right. Fishy. Yeah. She was also able. Yeah. I mean, her mom didn't really give a fuck. We, Mm. we saw. So. She was also able to confirm facts of the case that were never released to the public, like the certain parts of Katie's bodies that were brutally stabbed and the fact that a bracelet had been stolen from her from Katie. So, yeah, that wasn't released. She knew. So she's just really giving it up. Mm -hmm. In two of the versions, though, Sharon said she was with two boys in the car at the time of the attack and they had engaged in sexual activity with Katie before dumping the body and she named the two boys but the two boys were interviewed and apparently gave each other alibis so they were taken out of you know consideration for the crimes which i'm just like what yeah make it make sense because if this is a kid a child 12 years old out in the streets with two people that because she can't drive the car whose car was it you know what i'm saying and for Katie to have been dragged after she was murdered, I'm Thank thinking you. she had help. A 12-year-old girl dragging an 18-year-old? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I mean, it would be hard to think. I mean, even seeing her being stabbed through the body. It's yeah. Like, does a 12-year-old girl have that much force to even be able to do something like that? Right. And then it seems like Sharon is the type that is really into seeming like she's bigger and badder than she really is so she does seem like the type to take the fall and be like yeah i did this like i killed this bitch i stabbed her that many times this that and the third you know what i'm saying when it could have been her co-conspirators and how do two suspects get off because they give each other an alibi (laughs) <laughs> that's what yeah. i was thinking that's what i was thinking i was like i don't easy. i don't think that it works like that but <laughs> maybe they know something that we don't know because <laughs> that's the only thing that makes sense or maybe because sharon was running her mouth they were like we have the culprit here why do any more digging yeah the case is cold like yeah. let's just get it out of the way right 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 mm. Mm. And one could even further speculate that they were like, oh, this would be the youngest, you know, uh, murderer ever convicted. And if we give her an opportunity to finger anyone else as complicit, that would take that away. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? I could go all day. How is that any of y'all's business? But whatever. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Detective Sergeant Paul Clements, who interviewed um, Sharon, extensively recalled, quote, it was almost as if she was in another world. What sticks in my mind about talking to her was the coldness. Most people that you interview show some feeling as to why they have done what they have done. But with her, there was a complete absence of emotion and reason. That is so scary to be saying about a child. A child. Yeah. Yeah, that part. So the samples of her diary and her writings and notes that were found on her were graphic and horrible and awful. And of course, being that this is my show, I want to share them with you. Okay, so I know a lot of you guys most likely have an Instagram. And if you do have an Instagram, you're probably following some type of influencer who is either providing a specific type of content that you like or just branding themselves. But either way, you see that they have huge followings and are using their followings to make money. Well, I want to let you know today that you can do the same with a little help from a company called Grow Now. Grow Now provides an online course for people that want to create and grow online businesses through Instagram or for people that just want more exposure for their own content. The course is packed with important information, none of that filler, like everybody knows that type of stuff, and the visuals are top 
not, you guys, which makes understanding and learning the information even easier. And if you want to pay for your course in installments, meaning not all at the same time, they offer that option too. Use our link that I'll be including in the episode description and our link tree that you can find on our social medias to start your journey toward not only a bigger Instagram presence, but a monetized one. Okay, now let's get back to the rest of the episode. So she said, quote, I am a killer. Killing is my business and business is good. <laughs> like, literally, what movies have you been watching? Thank Sharon? you. Thank you. Uh, Other than Scarface. Because <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs> you don't know how to come up with this type of shit. Talking about killing is your business. You don't even have business yet. You barely some business. You barely have know how to doggone it right cursive. At this point, they were still teaching people cursive. So sit your ass down. And another one, she said, quote, I was born to be a murderer. Killing for me is a mass turn on. And it just makes me so high. I never want to come down. Every night I see the devil in my dreams, sometimes even in my mirror. But I realized it was just me and my heart of terror. Oh, Talk about somebody who's gotten a hold of something that they should not have. Oh, she's deep. I'm like, this is some shit. Like, I would read this as, uh, you know, a fan of just the macabre sometimes. Um, I would read something like this and be yeah, like, whoa, that person's sick. Activity. Yeah. yeah. Some, paranormal, you know, or something crazy. No, some some of her older entries stated that quote i wish i could kill you again i promise i would make you suffer more your terrified screams turn me on i bring the knife into her chest her eyes are closing she is pleading with me so i bring the knife to her again and again i don't want to hurt her but i need to do violence to her i need to overcome her beauty her serenity her security There, I see her face when she died. I know she feels her life being slowly drawn from her, and I hear her gasp. I guess she was trying to breathe. The air stops in the back of her throat. I know all her life, her breathing has worked, but it is not now, and I am joyful. Kayla, what are we doing? Kayla, I really feel like I need to pray. Like, I really feel like... (laughs) That was so dark and demented yeah. to come out of a child. Like, you would hear that in some crazy novel about a grown man, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Thinking these deep, dark inner secrets. But this is coming from a child. Yeah. It's just, I just want to hug her. Maybe if she was hugged more, you know? Because I don't think she was born evil. I think she saw a lot of evil and was desensitized to it. And then when you bring in things like, you know, voodoo and possibly and, and animal sacrifice and things like that, I mean, shit gets dark quick. Yeah. Like at her most formative years, she witnessed all this brutality. So she just took it and ran with it. On the third anniversary of Katie's death, Sharon wrote, Quote, killed KR. That stands for Katie Ratcliffe. Um, the death by knife wounds and sex go together. Carr continued with her writings even after being interviewed by the police. In April 1996, the month before she was charged, she wrote, quote, I am not like one of those pretty girls who breaks down to a guilty conscience. Through six and a half years of causing people grief, I still have not found one. Jesus. And on June 7th, that same year, her diary read, respect to Katie Ratcliffe, four years today. Respect. What respect could you honestly ever have? Like, what do you even mean by that? I don't even know what, I don't even think she knows what she she means. That's what she means by that. Respect. And then Um, she keeps, like, she brought up the sexual um, part of this crime again. I think she was telling the truth about them boys. I mean, yeah, it could it could have been that they didn't help her kill the girl. I because as you read this stuff, I mean, this is somebody this is something else. This is something else. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she is inhumanly strong because, (laughs) you know, she's been butchering animals and just doing crazy shit. So I don't know. It's possible. 
I think yeah. somebody helped her move that body though, unless her adrenaline was just pumping so hard that she just had the unnatural strength in the moment. Yeah, but I just don't see her driving a car by herself. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. But two months after being interviewed by police and confessing multiple times, she recanted her statement and said that she didn't kill Katie and that she didn't really know what happened. So did she finally get a hold of a lawyer? Yeah, she had a lawyer. She had a lawyer for uh, the whole time because remember when she had Mm -hmm. to go to trial for attacking Anne-Marie? So she did have a lawyer, but she just... Who the fuck knows? But with all the evidence they had against her, the recanted statement didn't stop them from charging her with Katie's murder, and she was charged. So right. she she went on trial in April 1997, and the jury was tasked with determining if she would be found guilty of murder or the lesser crime of manslaughter. And that's kind of just saying, like, because she was so young, she had diminished responsibility, so manslaughter would, you know, whatever, yeah. Because there was no forensic evidence that could be used to prove anything, the prosecution relied heavily on the diary entries and previous statements and confessions made by Sharon. Two multiple people, I might add, because it's not just like even if she recanted her statements and the judge threw it out and said that they couldn't use it. She's told so many people that all they have to do is just say what they heard and that's it. And the defense, while the prosecution was prosecuting the defense was busy defending and trying to work on getting the jury to lean more toward lance manslaughter than the murder so they were just trying to focus on making her seem innocent making her look innocent and saying that it's you know it was something that just happened in spur of the moment this wasn't murder this was a lapse of judgment they're like, so she's guilty either way. Yeah. Well, let's try to get her a lesser sentence. Yeah. It's just a slap mm-hmm. in the face to the family, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, she was. they were trying to make her look really innocent, and she attended court dressed like she was going to church. <laughs> but it really didn't help. It didn't help. She was smiling and laughing throughout the four-week trial, and it made a lasting impression for sure on the jury. Good. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't give a crap. I no. hope that's the impression that you guys had. Yeah, yeah. Criminal psychologist Gordon Tressler said, quote, this is a difficult case to understand. One can find precedents of young children killing other young children, but in this case, it was a child killing someone who was almost an adult. This is an extremely dangerous person because she is clearly prepared to kill without an adequate motive. That makes her conduct very unpredictable and very dangerous. She is a great danger to the public. Period. I mean, he had to just say it. Call a spade a spade. This spade should stay in jail for the rest of her life. At the trial, she continued to deny that she had murdered Katie Ratcliffe and was convicted on the basis of her interviews with police and the contents of her diaries. So Sharon Lewis Carr was convicted of the murder of Katie Ratcliffe on the 25th of March in 1997. Katie's family was understandably relieved and extremely happy. Her father, Joe, said, quote, I hope she rots in hell. She should have been hanged. Period. He said it with his chest. They don't do hangings anymore, sir. Hmm. Although initially incarcerated within the prison system, Sharon Carr proved extremely difficult to manage and attacked other prisoners and staff several times. So she had been transferred to several prisons. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. She was eventually sectioned under the Mental Health Act 1983 and transferred to Broadmoor Hospital on June 16th or in I'm sorry, on June 16th, 1998 where she was assessed as suffering from schizoaffective disorder, which is a combination of schizophrenia, which is a psychosis, and a mood disorder, which I have a huge problem with. Why was she not evaluated before? If this is the first time she's been right. evaluated, I have a serious problem with that. They should have evaluated her when that stuff with job. Anne-Marie happened. I mean, even when they were saying murder or manslaughter, why didn't she go to, go under a mental evaluation then? I agree. I agree. I agree. It's like her defense team, were they stupid? I mean, there wasn't a lot of information provided for me because there's so much that goes on in court, you know, who knows? But anybody at the age of 14, 15, 16 should be 
like mentally evaluated that has been committing crimes and this bitch was 12 so yeah somebody dropped the fucking ball right so her tariff which basically means the minimum that she should spend in light or in in jail is 14 years for what she did well yeah and that's what they gave that was what it was in 1999 and then they reviewed it again on october 17 2003 and the lord chief justice ruled that it should remain at 14 years however the lord chief justice again reviewed the tariff on like two months later in december after more information was submitted and recommended that her tariff be reduced to 12 years Mm, two years off right what they they initially asked for nine nine years like it to be released to nine years but he was like i'm not giving you that like no the court also found out that what's her name i keep forgetting her name sharon sharon <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> the court also found out that sharon threatened to kill one of her fellow inmates by slitting her throat and they also heard that she sometimes thought that she was a lizard and would try to cut herself to find out whether she was still human. Wow. Which, which was just like, sis. She's going through it. Mentally, she's insane. You're losing it. <laughs> no, she's lost it. She's lost it. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that's why I think he decided it was like, okay, 12 years. Because the bitch is probably crazy. But I can't just like for the sake of Katie's family be like, oh, yeah, nine years is enough. You know, like, is after what joke? she did exactly right. after what she did and he's trying to be lenient because i guess she's a minor exactly so he's like let me try to do something well at mm-hmm. the time she was 23 when she was trying to get it reduced but yes still because mm-hmm. at that time she had already been in prison for eight years and they were right. trying to get yeah. it put down a nine it's like don't try me like so she can have a year left literally Bye-bye. what was the point but the lord's chief justice did make it a point to explain to not only Sharon's family, but Katie's, that just because her tariff is 14 years or 12 years, I'm sorry, doesn't mean that she will be automatically released. It's like a lot of stipulations in place. And if she's no longer a threat to society, then she will be released. But I doubt that will ever happen. In 1999, Sharon met another inmate named Robbie Lane. They started spending time together at the facility, even being allowed to hang out for an hour a day in a rec space where they could talk and kiss and touch and eventually mm. eventually call themselves falling in love. She doesn't deserve love. Just kidding. <laughs> Two I'm years. Like, what type of demented love is it? I know. <laughs> I know. Right. Don't trust her. Two years later in 2001, they decided to get married. And they were going to have like a 20 minute jail wedding where they were allowed to invite some inmate friends and family from the outside or whatever to attend. And they even got themselves little gold rings. But 24 year old Robbie wasn't a saint. He was in the hospital. Yes. But he was also a killer. That's probably yeah. honestly what they bonded over. Yeah, absolutely. Demented. Yeah. 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 He was a killer that. At 17 years old, stabbed and battered his mother to death out of a fit of his jealousy. His mother? Yeah, his own mom. He Apparently, he felt like she favored his sister more than she did him. And it just pissed him off and he fucking killed her. He also gouged out her eyes with a, the handle of like a carpet sweeper. Kayla, what is up with these children? I have no idea. I have no idea. What would ma- what would possess you to think that it's okay to kill your own mom? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then play with her body and gouge out her eyes. I mean, there's no respect. There's none at all. Child. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but before they were able to get married, um, they called off the wedding. Apparently, they mm. saw like a newspaper article describing their their crimes, like the details of what happened, and that kind of played a part in them calling it off. Which I think it was probably because Katie's dad went out on like every platform that he could and said that he was disgusted by it. He said 
Well, quote, he said, at the time I said cars should hang and I stand by that. It's no kind of punishment. She took my little girl from me and now she's allowed to get married to have a life. This is not justice. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm. So, yeah. So I'm like, if if Sharon had any fucking heart at all, she should probably just be like, you know what? Let me not get married. Let me just, you know what I'm saying? Let me not do this. That's if she has a heart. That's if yeah. she's changed over these last eight some years. Yeah. Because I'm like, why would they care what a newspaper wrote about them? They said right. worse when they did uh, their crimes. Yeah. Like, how are you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm cracking about what they're saying. But you are locked down. How the fuck do you know? Right. How are you getting news? How and do you know what's hospital. going on in the world? Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't they know y'all crazy? Like, anything could stir y'all up i, I don't just know be giving them news Kristen. <laughs> i just don't know what are the regulations here a basic human right to information they do not deserve is what you're telling not me if it's going to cause them to cause a riot <laughs> oh lord this is too guys. much we need like a forum like a discussion yeah. where people can give us their opinions and their views and then like we get to see like okay can we bang with that is that right. challenging my you know like that would be really is it fun. educating me for the better yeah. is it pissing right. me off because it's stupid i'm open to all of it all of it yeah i may rec- I'm, <laughs> we may implement something like that at one time write it down kristen so Sharon was up for parole on March 25th, 2009. And at the age, and at the time, she was 29 years old. Katie's mom, however, feels like Sharon should spend the rest of her life in jail, which is. Of course she does. No shit. She said, quote, we were horrified when we, when we heard her sentence was reduced. We just couldn't believe it. The whole family was flabbergasted. But life doesn't mean life anymore, unfortunately. The fact mm-hmm. is she is now eligible for parole brings it all back up to the surface and forces us to think about it again. I don't feel she should ever be let out because she's a psychopath. She's far too dangerous. She didn't show any remorse at the trial. The family are really concerned she could be out on the street and she could and it could happen to someone else. It would happen to someone else. I mean, so. can you blame them? Look at how uh, how much of a fool she was acting at the trial <laughs> granted nine whole years have passed yeah so if not more so yeah i would definitely want to see like if there was change but probably right. seeing how she was acting it's hard to believe that and your baby's gone and she took your baby like i don't care if she's changed like what yeah. are you why would i give a fuck what's going on in her life you right. know she ruined mine her staying in jail <laughs> exactly so, exactly yeah, I so it. i totally get it but as of 2009, when that, when she was up for trial or up for parole, she is still in jail. And as of 2020, she is still in fucking jail, which is great. Mm. She has spent most of her time in solitary <laughs> away from other people because she is still so violent. So don't let her out. So just you know, don't let her out. I don't think they are. She even recently lost a legal battle where she tried to convince the courts to allow her restrictions to be eased up on. Like she wants to be allowed in general pop, you know, spend more time outside of her, her, what's it called? Crate. Crate. I was about to say crate. Herself. Dog. Herself. But the court found out that she had been fantasizing about killing a fellow inmate again. She said she wanted to kill her by, quote, splitting her head open with a flask and throwing her down the stairs to snap her neck. And she's grown at this point. Uh, Yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, So I guess some people don't change. Mm -mm. Mind you, she still probably practices voodoo in her own way. Maybe. And I don't even know if like everyone that practices voodoo is evil, but it seemed like she's she used voodoo for evil. You know what I'm saying? Like specifically Mm -hmm. to feel powerful, to be able to hurt more people. And she was fucked up from the jump. So, yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is if you use dark magic, even if you're trying to do good, it's going to come back and bite you. You're behind. Mm -hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think she was doing anything good remotely. I don't think she ever intended to do anything good 
with dark magic other than you said once that she saw that it could make her life better right you don't know what her perspective of better is exactly exactly so that's sad her mom really did a doozy on her yeah and the only thing that i'm i i have a couple of questions i just have a few questions i decided to write them down so my first question is did they ever find the murder weapon because they said they didn't have any forensic evidence to tie anything to anything. But I'm like, it feels like it was such a bloody, messy, you know, killing. What's her name should have had to have cut herself. You know what I'm saying? Or there just had to have been more evidence attached to that. So I know like 1992, they didn't have much on DNA as DNA goes, you know, but damn, damn. I really would have loved, I really would have loved to find out, which goes into my second question, who those two boys were. Right. Like, I I would like to know who they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the thing is also, remember, she had four other siblings. So maybe two, the two boys were her siblings and she didn't want to rat them out. So she named two random other boys. And that's why they were like, what the fuck? Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, did the two boys have a car that looked like the car that homegirl got picked right. up in? Like, like there's just so many questions. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so many questions. But yeah, so that's our case for Child. this week. And also with the whole thing of why she, her mom may have poured, you know, uh, pepper on her vagina. It is in the pictures you guys will see. She does look kind of tomboyish. And, you know, some people speculated that maybe she was into girls and it just wasn't something that was accepted, you know, in her household. So maybe that's why her mom punished her in that gruesome, violent, horrible way. Um, It's just a lot. It's just a lot to. But that would make me not like my vagina even more. I know. Because, well, like, it, know it would, I mean, it's out like, of spite, out of spite, you'd be like, you know, well, fuck you. Like, I'm just going to be more into women or whatever, which is no, like, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, I don't know. If you feel like you're being also, shunned by your mom. My, I would also see my peony, because that's what I call it, mm-hmm. as a place where someone could harm me. Yeah. So, like, it's like, nah, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not. But everyone, anymore. everyone deals with things different ways. So, right. So yeah. Well, well, oh yeah, guys, before we go, I know this is kind of a longer episode. I didn't expect it to be this long, but hey, thanks for hanging out. Um, <laughs> I wanted to shout out some of our patrons. I really wanted to do that. We've had an influx of new people, and I just wanted to say, hey, I'm gonna shout out some old people that have been here with me from the Dizzy Jump as well. Um so yeah so shout out to ultra that's cute i like that thank you ultra um jayla jayla t i'm not gonna say last names and shit i won't put people's governments out there hey jayla t hey girl thank you hey girl my homegirl takinio hey sis hey (laughs) thanks for hanging out charlene how you doing oh wait wait and i'm sorry if I don't even know because I don't know all you guys like personally I haven't spoke with you but if you if I use a pronoun for you that you don't fuck with message me and let me know because I'm never trying to like a fan I'm always trying to you know be on the up and up and talk to y'all how I like to be talked to so yeah let me know next Shayla Shayla E hey Shayla girl what's going on good sis thank you so much for hanging out she's on the get a taste um, tear. So, thank you for that. You thank you. Get a taste. How did you like the taste, girl? Let us know. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like how you said that. <laughs> no homo. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. That's no, funny, Kayla. You are just you are shit at being no, PC. I'm not. Chris I'm is really, really bad. Not. Chris is really bad at no, being I'm politically not. correct. Okay. Well, yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm not a politician. <laughs> That's just not me, guys. But it's all love. So I do. Yeah. I don't want to offend. So I take right. that back. But right. um, yeah. Kayla, don't put me in situations like that. 
For you to think before you, you speak? Again, Got it. No, no. And if you're talking about the way I said it was gross, if you do it again, I'm just going to be fair next time. <laughs> think of something before I ask talk about it. Anyway, go ahead. I want to shout out Kiasia. Hey, Kiasia. She cute. is, she be chilling with us. And then someone named Shade, Shade, maybe? It's pronounced or it's spelled Shade, but they might pronounce it Shade. And if they do, we're already cool. Like, we're already BFFs. So, hey. And if you don't, what's up? What's going on? What's going on? And then, last but not least, Samantha. Samantha, thank you so much for getting thank a taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we recorded this episode on, um, like, we. I'm recording the, what's the fuck, 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 fuck. I'm recording the video to it. There we go. And I'm going to put that up. It's going to be available on every tier except for the get a taste tier. I'll probably put like a little snippet on there just so you can get a taste. And and hopefully we're able to do this for all the other episodes and give you guys access to all of that too. So I'm just really excited to get shit back on the road. Kristen's moving and... After she moves, we'll be really like more on schedule. Um, right. But yeah, thank you guys oh, for hanging out. I didn't get to say my fun fact. Oh Why my. Are you calling me out. Oh I didn't my. Get to say my fun fact. Uh, Chris, I was literally telling them goodbye. Say your fun I fact. Know. I can't believe okay, that. Guys. This is Christmas, Kristen's segment of the show. Okay. <laughs> so Kayla gave me a quirky thing to do, which is every time we get a new person, I look up some things that happened. Um, regarding the black community, I was really looking at all communities and mm-hmm. I think we will expand to all communities, but we can start within the black community, things that happened on that day, um, in relation to history. So, well, I want to keep found- it black. So I don't think we'll be. Well, there's black people all over. So, like, yeah, there could be black people over in the UK, black people in yeah. Oman. Okay. So, when we say black community, we mean African American. No. Well, we, we just mean people of darker color. Like, I'm confused. Of African descent. No. Um, we'll just play it by ear, bitch. Doggone it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that are out there and I want to tell their stories as well and their history. But, okay. Anyway, this is Kayla's show. So, <laughs> December 21st, um, 1986, this is kind of gruesome, but basically Michael Griffith, um, he's a black man. He was struck by an automobile and killed mm. while escaping from a mob of white people who were beating him. Wow. So, this happened in Howard Beach, aka Queens, New York, in the 1980s. Queens. So, that RIP Michael, that really freaking That's sad. Sucks. It's horrible. That is so sad. So, yeah, that happened. Um, But in brighter news, on December 21st, 1911, Josh Gibson, um, he is the home run king of the Negro Baseball (laughs) League. He was born that day. Oh, cool. Yeah, so December 21st, you're not a complete crap show. Um, (laughs) Also, one more. Um, let's go for some black feminine vibes. So December 21st, 1976, mm-hmm. Patricia R. Harris was the first black woman to hold a cabinet position. Um, she was actually named secretary of housing. Wow. So they got to do with December 21st. <laughs> so I guess they appointed her. I guess they yeah, appointed her. Yeah, I was to say, she was probably like inducted or however. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cracking up. But the first black woman to hold a cabinet position in our government. That is Patricia so. Patricia R. Harris. That is so cool. Honestly, that was really fucking cool. <laughs> oh, I have one more. This was dope. Okay. December 21st, 1941. Samuel L. Jackson. We all know him. He My was born boy. in Washington, D.C. Wow. wow. He's older than shit. <laughs> Wow. He's literally 20 years away from being 100. Like, how? He just made Hitman's bodyguard's wife. Like, what the fuck? He's still in action movies. Retirement is not in his vocabulary. What do you mean? Wow. That just shows black don't crack, y'all. Wow. I really need to go look him up. I need to go see that movie. (laughs) slowly. I need to go see that movie because I need to see what he's talking about. Same. 
Okay, that's okay, that was amazing. I hope people listen to the end to hear it because right, so cool. Okay, well, thank you guys for hanging out. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black True Crime Podcast. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Kayla, and is co-hosted by my sister, Kristen. If you guys want to connect with us even further, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black True Crime Podcast. And if you want access to even more content released every single week, become a monthly subscriber to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Black True Crime Podcast. Remember, if you hate us, don't rate us and if you love us five stars (laughs) i hope you had a great time here thank you guys again and we'll see you next time